I'm going to space, but I have a lot of work to do to get there, starting with losing 100 pounds. And from there, learning Russian. This is the Remove Before Flight podcast, and I'm your host, Zachariah Moreno. And this is my journey from overweight to weightless. All right. So I've been sick this week, and I haven't been able to train jujitsu, so I'll start there. And I apologize if my voice sounds a little bit nasally. I think I'm at the tail end and thought I'd get this episode out. Had a big week. So um, on the health and fitness, I just, you know, I didn't train this week, like I said, and hygiene is critically important for jujitsu. So I wanted to protect my training partners, and I sat this week out. And um, planning a future episode that's just on hygiene in jujitsu because it's such an important topic. Um, but that sums up my, uh, my health and fitness this week, getting over, getting my health back on track with a lot of vitamin C and water and rest and, uh, fitness wise sat jujitsu out, went on a few walks this week, but otherwise same old intermittent fasting. I was mostly, mostly vegetarian this week. Um, just kind of looking back on my notes, which, uh, which is pretty cool. And, uh, we had a big week in space news, so got a lot to cover there. And, um, uh, in kind of the smaller side of news, I saw Ad Astra yesterday with my lady and I, we thought it was pretty good. Um, maybe I'll do, a an episode just on Ad Astra. Um, but, uh, but otherwise let me know what you think of, uh, thought of the movie. There was a few parts that were like, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but, uh, we're, we're pretty, uh, pretty far fetched, but otherwise, you know, beautiful movie. Uh, great acting, all that stuff. So just glad there's more sci-fi in uh, in the theaters. And uh, in the bigger side of the news, SpaceX and uh, Elon Musk, they held their fourth annual update on their mission to colonize the planet Mars and go beyond that at an event at the company's facility in Bolsa Chica, Texas, which is, uh, which is on the coast there. And uh, SpaceX is building out their infrastructure in Texas. That's one of the two sites. The other is in McGregor. So this is at Bolsa Chica. And um, mostly the update, uh, this is, like I said, is the fourth annual. So this update is mostly on the launch vehicle that SpaceX is developing to go on these missions uh, further and further into space. So we can break that vehicle um, into the spacecraft involved and then all of the technology that it needs to get developed to get us there. So this has um, been a couple years in the making. And uh, this is, of course, you know, why SpaceX exists is to uh, is to colonize Mars. And this particular mission architecture has uh, had a couple different uh, variations over time. So it was originally known as the Mars Colonial Transporter, the MCT. And this is what uh, was kind of conceptual first phase. Uh, SpaceX is, uh, is famous for their iterative design process. So it's moved through these different phases over the last couple years. So we've got the MCT and then fast forward a year and then we have the uh, big Falcon rocket, the BFR, as it was known for a while still in the conceptual phase. And uh, now we have Starship and Super Heavy, which I will break down um, into its uh, exciting parts in a second here. So we have MCT and then BFR, 
like I said, conceptual designs. They never left paper or pixels um, and just kind of ideas for how an architecture and different scales and things like this could work for these uh, these missions, making the vehicle versatile. It started off even before this as the Red Dragon, which uh, the Dragon spacecraft is what SpaceX uses today to take uh, mostly cargo um, and different payloads into into the uh, International Space Station as part of the work that SpaceX does uh, with NASA. And those will be taking the Crew Dragon is the the next version that we've uh, we've been waiting for. It's in kind of the final phases of testing and looks like it's going to launch um, pretty soon here. So that's exciting. So that's where we're at kind of today. And those are, those, you know, it's a small vehicle capsule style. Uh, think Apollo, right? Landing um, in, the, in those capsules in the ocean. Uh, this is SpaceX's modern version of that, much much more modern version, but still that same idea. Um, you know, we're talking we're talking a very small crew uh, to or from the the space station, low Earth orbit, but the the uh, Starship and Super Heavy are much much bigger versions of that. So um, so we're seeing this iterative design process from where we are today, through the concepts and uh, and now kind of coming to life with uh, starship and super heavy so uh that iterative design process spacex is is famous for but uh is com- uncommon elsewhere in aerospace um so really excited to see the updates uh as uh, as the team progresses in its development so um so the starship and super heavy development by contrast to those concepts these uh these two vehicles are well underway in real life so we're going to start from the bottom of the vehicle and work our way upward because it's really, you know, fundamental technology that is empowering this, this, uh, this transition in aerospace to these, these much more capable vehicles. Um, and with SpaceX, that really starts with their, their rocket engine. They had to start, at the, start from scratch and build a brand new rocket engine, which is known as the Raptor engine. And uh, the Raptor is an absolute beast for a bunch of different reasons. It's a full flow staged combustion cycle engine, which is uh, unusual, again, in aerospace. So it's not the first full flow staged combustion cycle engine. It's actually the the third. Um, So the first was from the the Soviets developed one. They were first with the RD-270 rocket engine, which was really groundbreaking. Um, but never flew. I believe they developed it for the N1 rocket, and uh, and that rocket, you know, had uh, had flown, but was uh, disastrous each time. So the Soviet RD270 was the first. The second was Aerojet Rocketdyne with their integrated powerhead demonstrator, which is uh, exactly that. It's a demonstrator. It never left the test stand. Same as the RD270. And uh, so neither of those engine have engines have actually flown, let alone to flown to space. So the uh, the SpaceX Raptor is the first full flow staged combustion cycle engine that has flown, um, and uh, SpaceX has developed uh, an entirely new. Their metallurgists at SpaceX have developed entirely new materials, uh, new metal alloys for the crazy high chamber pressures that this type of engine can um, can produce so it has 
it has set and now holds the record for the highest chamber pressure in any rocket engine, and that's currently at 300 bar. Um, and that is already staggering. And uh, SpaceX uh, has said that they're just getting started, that, that uh, they can take that pressure higher than that. So uh, this rocket engine's already kind of um, setting records. And it's doing that because it's able to capture 100% of the chemical en- uh, energy that is, uh, that is spun up in these engines. And it does not waste that, any of that chemical energy in its exhaust gases, which, uh, which other rocket engines are known for. To spin up their turbo pumps, they end up wasting some, ver- some amount of fuel f- just for that process. And they, historically, it's been very difficult to engineer uh, routing that exhaust gas from the from the turbo pumps back into the main uh, chamber, uh, the main uh, combustion chamber. So, uh, so Tim Dodd, the everyday astronaut on YouTube, has an amazing video on this topic alone, and he goes very deep into why why the Raptor engine is insanely awesome in a bunch of different ways. So, this is just a high level, and it has a specific impulse of three hundred and thirty seconds, which is not the the highest uh you know specific impulse but uh is very very capable and very powerful for its size and spacex is going to have a lot of these raptor engines on their um starship and super heavy so um so we'll get into that in a second but um is just an amazing engine and a feat of engineering all in it uh, on its own so uh so they have this new raptor engine what are they planning on doing with it they're you know um moving upward in this launch vehicle from the engines to the first stage. This is a multi-stage rocket. Um, so it's going to have its, its engines in the first and second stage. So the first stage is the super heavy. And uh, we've all seen videos of SpaceX's current launch vehicle, the Falcon 9, in its first stage, um, launching and coming back after launching the uh, Dragon spacecraft to the International Space Station or a satellite into orbit, and then landing itself. So the Super Heavy is like the Falcon 9 first stage, except that it is massive. Uh, It's much bigger. And that's because it's going to be launching the Starship instead of Dragon or uh, a satellite. So a much bigger payload um, for the first stage to kind of loft into orbit and beyond. And then the Starship is... uh, of course, got its own um, propulsion system and second stage and uh, and cargo really combined. So, how massive is this super heavy? Like, why is it so crazy? So, it's sixty eight meters in length. It's nine meters in diameter, and it can take three hundred thirty, uh, sorry, three thousand three hundred tons of propellant um, to uh, loft a. Uh, a spacecraft, a huge spacecraft in the starship into, into orbit and then turn around, flip itself around with, uh, using its grid fins, four grid fins and, um, has, uh, 37. How many, how many Raptor engines does this, uh, does this rocket, this, this first stage of super heavy have, it has 37 sea level Raptor engines. So that engine I was just describing with, you know, the, uh, the 330 seconds of specific impulse and this crazy 300 bar chamber pressure, they're going to have 37 of these on the super heavy to, uh, to lift a lot of weight into, into orbit. So it's, uh, it's made of 301 stainless steel, 
as its primary building material to uh, to build the air, airframe and fuel tanks, and that's unusual in aerospace. Uh, SpaceX in these previous uh, BFR designs and um, Mars Colonial Transporter, they were going to be using what are called COPVs, uh, these um, composite overwrap pressure vessels to uh, to build out of um, out of carbon fiber. They were going to use carbon fiber uh, to get the uh, performance that they were looking for and uh they switched to stainless steel which is very unusual and has a bunch of properties uh that are good for at at cryogenic temperatures 301 stainless steel is actually stronger um than it is at um at just kind of room temperature which is unusual and also you know space is cold these propellants this liquid oxygen all this stuff is is very cold so um so it's looking like that's the material they're going to go for and uh, it's unusual and that's uh that's the super heavy first stage and it's going to be lifting up the second stage which is starship out of earth's gravity well into orbit and beyond so starship uh we just went over super heavy that's the first stage why is the second stage starship such a big deal it's uh to get some specs here it's 50 meters in length so a little bit a uh, little bit shorter a few meters shorter um in length than the first stage so you picture basically two of these things stacked on top of each other also a nine meter diameter okay and it can hold uh 1200 tons of propellant and take 85 tons of cargo so the dry mass is 85 tons which is a lot um and also you know a lot of propellant for for about about half the propellant of the uh of the super heavy we're going to have on board with the starship so uh the starship has its own rocket engines right so it's also got the raptor engine going on and it has six of them so in contrast the first stage has 37 super heavy has 37 starship has six and it's got a mix of three sea level and three vacuum so uh, so that it can be a essentially an SSTO, a single stage to orbit vehicle uh, for uh, for other planets, though. So for the moon and Mars, where gravity is less, the gravity well is less punishing than Earth. Uh, Starship is going to be able to launch and land itself uh, with no staging, which is uh, pretty incredible. It's not going to be able to do that in Earth or, uh, you know, maybe not meaningful to but um but on these other planets that's a big deal so that's why it has a a mix of the three sea level and three vacuum raptor engines it's also got two rear fins uh so think old school rockets like you know saturn V has fins and uh and so does super heavy and uh sorry starship so does starship has two rear fins and uh, that was previously three and uh, he's going to use it as landing legs, but now they're uh, they're combining the two rear fins with two aft fins, which are now larger. Uh, so two on the base of the rocket, two on the the tip of the rocket, and this is to enter its landing belly first, like a like a skydiver. So you can think of two fins in the rear; those are like legs. Two fins aft; those are like the arms, and uh, it's going to kind of. Uh, use the aerodynamics of whatever uh, atmosphere that it's that it's landing in um, with those with those fins more for drag rather than lift. So they're not they're not wings. They're they're drag fins, 
and uh, that's going to help them control their descent. And uh, and then it's going to kind of pitch upright to land using the Raptor engines in the base. So it's going to kind of enter in like a human and then kind of stand itself upright and land using its engines and uh, and landing legs. So um, it's going to help with, uh, you know, using less fuel on reentry um, and also, you know, just maneuvering these massive vehicles through uh, entry, descent and landing onto the surface of the moon or Mars. And uh, to help with the re-entry heating, because you can picture like a skydiver coming in, right? They're gonna they're gonna hit the atmosphere of whatever planet that they're um, they're approaching. Uh, SpaceX has had to develop another new material, so they had their metallurgist coming up with uh, the materials to make the the Raptor engine out of. They had uh, they had uh, also material engineers working on a, a new heat shield material. Um, and this is called Pika X and, uh, some ceramic tiles that, uh, that are kind of, I believe they're hexagonal, uh, ceramic tiles that are going to cover the, the bottom of the, um, of the starship so that on reentry, these, uh, these, these ceramic tiles are reusable and very capable. So very interesting there. And, uh, this is going to deliver 85 tons of cargo to the surface of the moon, Mars, and elsewhere in our solar system. That's an amazing amount of cargo. So that's why these, uh, these vehicles are super exciting. And uh, another capability that is being developed that isn't necessarily like the vehicles themselves, but is, is this concept of orbital refueling or in-orbit refueling. And this is new. This has never been done before. Uh, aircraft do it, you know, in-flight refueling um, is something that our military does and is kind of crazy on its own but this is like the space version of that so we've we've had spacecraft dock for you know a long time since since the gemini project and uh mercury they tested some of these some of these early you know docking maneuvers out we do it on the international space station of course now and um, spacex is going is, is planning to use the docking capabilities to refuel so they're going to have like tanker starships that are going to fly also into orbit not have any of that 85 tons for cargo but it's going to be all propellant so uh it's going to have a one of them's going to have a, a surplus of propellant and it's going to dock with one that is fully loaded with cargo maybe crew and um and add extra fuel in orbit so that way once it takes off from earth orbit to uh to the moon or mars it can really have a fuel uh, fuel tanks and propellant that is topped off so this is another capability that's um being developed as part of this mission architecture to uh to travel further and further into our solar system so the rate of development at spacex and uh for you know super heavy and starship is is just staggering and uh, this really started, uh, like I said, with the concepts that we talked about. But in real life, you know, this really started with the Starhopper test vehicle, as it's been um, named by the Internet. And uh, this is a, a test vehicle that contains one Raptor engine and is largely just a, a water tank. It was made by a water tank, again, a Bolsa Chica um, at, for these early two rounds of testing. So on July 25th, the uh, Starhopper test vehicle completed its first 20 meter hop test. 
So it, uh, with that one Raptor engine lifted off 20 meters high and then, uh, propulsively landed back down. And, um, and then a little bit over a month later on August 27th, that same vehicle completed another hop test, the star hopper this time to 50 meters. And this time it did kind of, uh, it went up 50 meters, did kind of a 360 spin and then landed itself on a separate landing pad. Um, uh, nearby. So, uh, crazy footage there. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and then next up we have the starship prototypes themselves. So the star hopper was a smaller vehicle, same diameter, but a lot shorter. And just really to test the integration between the, uh, the Raptor and the, um, uh, vehicles, uh, nine meter, uh, vehicle. But, but a lot shorter, a lot lighter. So the prototype vehicles, uh, Starship Mark One and Mark II prototypes are currently under construction, one of them in Texas and the other in Florida. And I believe those are to scale versions that uh, Elon Musk, you know, kind of looking forward, said both of the Mark One and the Mark II will travel to space uh, within the next six months. So they're moving incredibly fast from July 25th you know, six months from now, we're going to have these vehicles in space. It's kind of crazy, uh, of course, for test flights, but just further and further very quickly. And uh, each of those uh, Mark One and Mark II prototypes, they actually contain um, an engine mount for three Raptor engines. So um, so much more capable vehicles, testing uh, deeper and deeper integrations. Um, so they're going to have several tests in, in between um, that six months. I'm sure lower altitude, um, kind of test this landing maneuver, this belly flop maneuver, uh, that, that is, uh, you know, another innovative part of this mission architecture. And there, of course their, um, their engines and the, the heat shields that I mentioned. So, uh, future versions of starship and super heavy, uh, Elon Musk tweeted that they're already looking at doubling the diameter in future versions, uh, from nine meters to 18 meters. Um, so truly massive payloads all over the solar system. And, you know, I'm stoked really for the possibility to, uh, to even have the possibility to maybe ride in one of these vehicles to orbit, uh, to the moon or maybe Mars in the nearish future. Cause that's what this podcast, that's what my journey on remove before flight is all about is about traveling to space. So how are we going to get there? These vehicles, these technologies need to be developed and SpaceX is, is on the frontier is one of the companies, uh, on the frontier for, uh, for building these vehicles, uh, these more and more capable vehicles out. So I want to say, uh, say a thank you to wrap up this episode to the guardian gym in Oakland for helping kids practice self-defense with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. Uh, guardian is of course a nonprofit, so please donate to help their mission. And, um, I'll be back this next week. And uh, I'd like to thank Kevin from the SpaceX centric YouTube channel for his awesome documentary on the history behind the Raptor engine, Super Heavy and Starship um, as these technologies have been developed. And also to Tim Dodd, the Everyday Astronaut, your YouTube channel and your awesome documentary on the Raptor engine in all of its glory. And thank you, of course, for listening.